Amen. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for being in your presence today, Lord. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've been speaking to us over this last week. We thank you for the passion for you that you've been stirring in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we, as we come today, Father, hungry to, to, to hear your word afresh and to seek your face, Lord, that you'd begin to speak to us. You begin to speak to us prophetically, Lord. You begin to speak to us in our hearts so we would hear clearly your voice. That we would understand and know your voice. Remember that Jesus said, my sheep know my name. They know my voice. They know my words. And Lord, I ask tonight, today, Father, that you just begin to stir people's hearts. That you'd stir them to attune their, voice, uh, their ears to the voice of their master. We bind every lying spirit from speaking tonight. We bind every deceptive spirit from speaking this afternoon. We bind everything that would seek to lead people out of their destiny, to seek them, to lead them out of the safety of the presence of God. Lord, we bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we release in this place a sense of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you speak clearly to us tonight, tonight, this afternoon. And that we'd meet with you. And that today there'd be a real stirring of the prophetic gift and the, the destiny that has been spoken over our lives. There'd be a real stirring in the spirit where we've allowed things to get dormant, where we've allowed things to, to die down, where we've perhaps turned away from the word that you've spoken to us, Lord, stir them up anew in us. That we would see your power revealed in us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise offering this morning morning now thank you so much to the guys um, I was with Max on this um, encounter weekend with the guys and I, I got delivered I got delivered from a suit um, so I hope you don't mind me wearing civilian clothing people always get so surprised when they see me in a t-shirt they're like Gabriel we always see you in a suit what's going on are you okay I'm absolutely fine next week I'll be back in the robes of righteousness don't worry um, and I have a hundred guys while they were praying for you earlier on about 12 o'clock um, because I was talking to men you know with the guys you just got to take all the filters of compassionate communication off and just hit them where they need it right between the eyes and so they're praying for you they're not praying for me to have strength they're praying for you that uh, you'd hear the word of the Lord and be inspired and it would sink into your heart and you'd hear it in the right spirit amen so Listen to what the Lord is saying to you today, and if I'm too raw, then have mercy. But we're looking at this message, Inspired to Compete Today. We've been um, started a series on the Olympic Games, or really using the Olympic Games as a, as a springboard into a series of messages which challenge us in our walk with the Lord, and, and where we're going, and what is going on in our lives. And really, essentially, it's important that we come to understand that everything that... Um, we're going to experience over the coming weeks with the Olympics can be taken personally. We can begin to see and have insight in specific ways about how we can be inspired to compete with the, the race that Jesus is calling us to race. And we know that the Olympics is a time where we come together to see the best athletes in the world competing at the top level um, in all of their specific disciplines. But there is a race for each one of us to run. Every single one of us. Every single one of us has something to accomplish in our lives. And I want to ask you as a starting question, what race are you running? 
In Hebrews 12 verse 1 it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with the endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everyone's running a race today. There's no such thing as sitting out. There's no such thing as not participating. There's no such thing as letting the world go by. See, if you're sitting and watching the world go by, you're running the race of laziness. The race of non-engagement. I'm going to be the one who got to 60 without engaging in the life that Jesus has got, caused me to live, called me to live. I'm going to become the best at sitting on the couch watching the TV. Some of you are running that race far too well. There is no such thing as sitting out. You're participating. You're participating every day of your life. And there's two ways that you can be racing. One is the race of death and one is the race of life. Yeah, but Gabriel, I'm not really doing very much. I'm just chilling. I'm watching the world go by for whatever reason. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe people have spoken down to you that have left you in a place where you didn't want to engage. Maybe you've stepped out in your dreams and the dreams have failed and you feel like you can't get up again and participate again. I have a right to sit down. But you see, taking and exercising that right to sit down is exercising the right to not use your life fruitfully. Your life is intended to be fruitful. Your life is intended to bring glory to God and be a satisfying experience. Jesus said that we, he came that we might have life and that we might have it in abundance. And so there is really two options. One is a, a, a race where we get to the end of our days and we've not really borne fruit. Essentially, we've borne death. Or there is the race of life. And the characteristics of a race of death or even sitting out is losing the joy of life. Losing the desire to engage. Losing what God has placed within you to bear fruit. God has called you to be fruitful people. Fruitful in experience. Fruitful in revelation. Fruitful in relationships. Fruitful in what you leave as a deposit for the people to come. What you accomplish at work. Everywhere in every sphere of life, God has called us to be fruitful. And essentially, this race of life is a pursuit of God. It's a pursuit of God and everything that he has for you. It's a pursuit of the, the prophetic words that he's spoken over your life. It's a pursuit of the destiny that he's set before you. It's a pursuit of the life that Jesus died for you to be able to live. Before you came to Christ, you had no choice. You were running the race of death. Oh, but I was living the dream. I was out partying all Friday, Saturday, Sunday with my friends. We were having a great time. Great time destroying your body. Great time destroying relationships when you're out of control. Great time waking up with a hangover. Great time draining your bank account. Great time pretending to be somebody else because you're not satisfied with who you are. Sounds great. I'm glad I left that life behind. I'm glad you've left that life behind. But you see what causes you to transition into the race of life is this is when you understand that somebody died so that you don't have to. 
Now we all know that we're going to face death in this body. There's going to come a day when we die in this body. But this world is not all there is. There is a world which is to come. There is an eternity which is before us. But before we found Christ, we were guaranteed to end in a place that no one ends in, hell. No one wants to end in because we were bound by sin. The gospel of Jesus Christ is this, that Jesus became, who was God, became a man to live like you and me, but sin-free. To experience the temptations we experience, but without sin. To be able to go to the cross, having lived his 33-year life, without having succumbed to the temptations of the enemy, so that he could die in our place, so that he could take the sin of the world, our sin, upon his shoulders. That when he was nailed to the cross, he became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, that he died for our sin, and that he rose again on the third day, that we might enter into eternal life, we changed races. You changed out of a race towards death, and you changed into a race towards life. And if you change into a race towards life, there should be a transformation in the type of life which we live. There should be a transformation in the, in the type of experience which we should have. We all have a part to play in this race. Essentially what I'm saying is, this word is for you. You can't ignore the challenge of the word of God for your life. You either choose to be for or you choose to be against. There is no middle ground. What is a prophetic word? Now, this is one of those things which is kind of quite interesting to people um, for various reasons. It inspires a sense of the supernatural. It inspires a sense of awe. A prophetic word inspires a sense of something beyond ourselves. And that is true. Now, what a prophetic word, if you want to take some of the definitions for a prophetic word, is this. There is such a thing as foretelling, where you see somebody about something about somebody's future, and you're able to speak that out, that, that God is going to use them in certain ways. Do you have a revelation of the way that their life is going to go, and you share that with them? You have foretelling, where you begin to call something out of someone now, which flourishes into the person they're going to be. So in a sense, the word that you speak over them releases them to being who they're called to be. Perhaps wasn't to be before. It releases that in their life. Prophecy can also be something else. Prophecy can be a revelation or declaration about who God is. A word out of his mouth which declares who he is. For the father to say when um, Moses said to him, who shall I say to the Israelite people has sent me? He said, tell them I am who I am has sent me. And just that declaration, I am, what he was speaking to that situation is, in this situation, I am whatever you need me to be. I am going to be your deliverer. I'm going to be your provider. I'm going to be the cloud that goes before you during the day. I'm going to be the fire that keeps you warm during the night. I am going to be in that situation. That prophetic declaration of I am was released into the people of Israel and therefore they walked with God in a new level of revelation. Understanding what I'm saying? The prophecy can be a revelation of who God is or who Christ is. 
And so, because you understand who Christ is, you begin to understand who you are. Prophecy is intended for a purpose. It's not intended that you receive a prophetic word and you go off and be a superstar and everybody, wow. Look at that person. They had a crazy prophetic word and look at them now. They're flourishing and let me put them in a position of honor. Prophecy is intended to bring a person into a deeper relationship with the Lord. It might have an impact on the environment around. It might release something new into the people around. But essentially, it's to bring you into a deeper relationship with the Lord and who the Lord says you are. How many of you know that God is speaking right now? Some of you. Some of you, okay. God is speaking all of the time. Yeah, but I don't hear his voice. Doesn't mean he's not speaking. If you didn't come to the 2.30 service and were sitting at home, I would still be speaking. So what's the problem? If God is speaking, we're not listening or we're not where he is speaking. We're not listening to the voice of the Lord. We're not tuned into the right channel. But the Lord is always speaking. And he has a word for you and he has a word for your life. And it is essential that you hear God's word for you and God's word for your life. See, what happens when we get used to the idea that God is not speaking, when we are not training ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord, to listen out for the voice of the Lord, to get to a place of stillness where we spend time with God and ask him to speak to us, do you know what happens if you don't cultivate that type of a lifestyle? Is anytime anybody comes to you and says, the Lord says, you just take it. Because you're so starved of the voice of the Lord, so starved of what God is speaking to you, that any sense of the supernatural or any sense of someone speaking something to your life, you just receive. It's important that we understand that if God is speaking, we need to know his voice. If God is speaking, we need to become attentive to the way he speaks to us. We need to listen out for the way the Lord speaks to us. Well, Gabriel, I don't know how the Lord speaks to me. I don't know how to hear his voice. There are simple ways for you to start to listen to the voice of the Lord. First, you sit down. You open your Bible. You start to read your Bible. And you have an attitude of, Lord, I want to hear from you. And you'll hear... Maybe perhaps a thought or a strong sense of someone speaking to you. It needn't necessarily be an audible voice, but it can be an audible voice. But you hear a strong sense of someone speaking to you. And the way that you know whether it's the Lord speaking to you, do you know, does it bring you peace, even if it's a difficult word to hear? And who is glorified? Does it bring you peace? And who is glorified? Some people... They sit down with God and they say, God, I really want, um, I really want X, Y, Z to be my wife. What's that, Lord? He said, yes. Yes. Okay, great. When we really wanted the Lord to answer our desires. What about if we said, Father, what are you saying to me right now? What are you speaking to me? 
and just waited for him to speak. But you'll know because it'll bring peace and it'll, it will bring glory to the Father. God is speaking all of the time. And he calls you to begin to weigh his word for its truth content. The way you measure a word and whether it's true or not is what scripture says. Yeah, but Gabriel, it doesn't say in the Bible um, that Gabriel is going to marry so-and-so. How do you know? Well, it does tell you other things in scripture. It would tell you do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Colin spoke very strongly about that a few weeks ago. And if you've not listened to that message, you need to go in the head and listen to that message. God doesn't need to speak to you if you are trying to twist his arm to get him to let you marry a non-believer. You're in contradiction of the word. The truth of the word is measured by the scripture. But if God is always speaking... How are you going to start to receive his word? How are you going to start to receive it in such a way as it brings transformation to you? Why do you want to receive a prophetic word? I used to laugh at this because it, I've done it, and I'm sure many of you have done it. Many of you were, how many of you were in a, the service a couple of weeks ago with Roberts, the graduation, well, the week before the graduation service, when he made his way right through the congregation? Yeah? Some of you were here. You know, I, I've always loved those kind of events when there's a, an anointed man of God, you know, be it here in KT or we go to a conference, and there's an anointed man of God, and you position yourself just round about where you think they're going to come and walk by. And then you watch... You watch, you watch, you watch, you watch, you watch. <laughs> and this cold sweat breaks out. And I hope the man of God comes to pray for me. And why is he, why is he passing me by? <laughs> Some of us just want to receive a prophetic word because we want to say, hey, the superstar prayed for me. The superstar gave me a prophetic word. You know, I had a, a, an embarrassing situation the other day. I was at the side of the platform just having a conversation with the Lord on my own. I didn't want to talk to anyone else about it. And I get called up on the platform and basically the whole thing get prophesied. And I was like, Jesus, thank you for that. But sometimes we want this superstar prophecy. We want somebody to come and give us a sense of having met with the King of Glory. Sometimes we're genuinely looking for direction. Sometimes we just want a badge that we put on the shelf that we can say, hey, I've got that prophetic word. But why do we want to hear from God? And I think the essential desire to hear from God comes from the fact that we want to know our Father's voice. We want to know his direction for us. We want to know his purpose for our lives. We want to know who we are in him. So let's not muck around with all of the other stuff. Let's just be honest. Father, what I need is to know who you are, who you say I am, and what your plan is for me. There is nothing wrong with that. There is a lot wrong with desiring all the other stuff. So first, our motivation must be aligned to God's purpose for speaking to us. Understand that any prophetic word is a call to deeper relationship with God. But God has a purpose in revealing that word to us, letting us know what he's going to be doing in our lives. 
And I want to share with you a few ideas on how you can prepare to receive a prophetic word from the Lord. Let's begin with this, the parable of the soils. Many of us will know this, otherwise known as the parable of the sower. In Matthew 13, verse 1, it says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some feet, seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not much, have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then in verse 18, he gives the interpretation. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. What is the state of the soil of your heart today? There's often an assumption that we have got that good soil. The soil that's ready to receive the word of God. The soil that is ready to bear fruit. My heart is always ready, Lord. Your heart is only ready if you've cultivated that type of a heart. Your heart is only ready if you've cultivated that type of a soil. We're going to look at the question of how do we cultivate that type of a soil very, very shortly. But can I ask you a question that would perhaps expose some of the nature of your heart right now. Is that okay? As your pastor? Sometimes I can be a bit pastoral. The service starts at 2.30. Why do some of you choose to come when the word begins at 3.20 instead of when the worship begins at 2.30? Services time has been published for so long, it's right there on there. It's on the badges that we wear, it's in the Revival Times, it's in the magazine. Gabriel, you know, it'd be incredibly flattering if this was the response. Gabriel, we come because we enjoy the word. Thank you very much. But please don't come to hear me speak. We just come in then because we just want to hear the word, then we're going to go home. Or maybe you've been at lunch and that's the reason you came in late. Or maybe you had cell group. Or maybe you might even say something like, I just don't enjoy the worship. 
So it's somebody else's fault that you're not worshipping. It's because of the songs they choose that I'm not going to honour God. Maybe the deeper question is, what is the state of your connection with the Lord when you come here to worship? What is the state of your heart towards the Lord when you come to worship? Because the Bible says, when you seek me with your heart, you will find me. You might say it was a prophetic question, because I believe that it has a prophetic answer. And God has a word for all of you. And that is this, that he is waiting for you in the secret place. He's waiting. You have got God waiting for you to come and meet with him. It's a little bit rude sometimes if you think about that. But you've got God waiting for you. See, your ability to meet with God has nothing to do with the people who stand on here and lead worship. It has nothing to do with the songs they sing. I am particularly enjoying the worship here at the moment. It is awesome. The sense of God's presence is fantastic. But it has nothing to do with those things. It has to do with your heart, with the Lord. And you know how you know what the state of your heart is? Is if that word offends you. Why are you not here at 2.30 when the service starts? That is a hard heart. Because I'm not asking you for the sake of being here at 2.30 because that's when the service starts. I'm asking you because that's when we start to worship the Lord. That's when we start to praise the Lord. That's when we come together as a congregation to honor God. And if it offends you, there's a hardness there. There's another type of soil where you, th- you sit there and you're convicted. Gabriel, I hear you. The service starts at 2.30. Next week, I'm going to be here at 2.30. But you're not here at 2.30. That's a seed that springs up and then immediately withers away. If the 2.30 is your service, be here at 2.30. Ah, oh, but look. Gabriel, 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 you know, I know the service starts at 2.30, but I've got to uh, meet with a mate and I've got to be somewhere for coffee. And then, yeah, then I'll be here later on, you know. Uh, I, I, I've got jet, legit reason not to be here on time. One time, maybe. Every week, no. If it is your time to come and worship the Lord. Otherwise, you are like one who has been choked out by the other distractions. is the time to come and worship the Lord if the 2.30 is your service. Begin to understand what I'm getting at. If the Lord was to challenge you concerning cell, if the Lord was to challenge you concerning your devotional life, if the Lord was to challenge you concerning your motivations and relationship, if the Lord was to challenge you in any area, how would you receive it? See, the challenge is to prepare a heart that is ready to receive truth, whether you like it or not. What is more valuable, truth or my, satis- my current satisfaction? What is more valuable, God and my relationship with him, than all of the other things that can so easily distract me? In this case of worship, 
Think about the state of David. Now, it was so beautiful. He's not here, so I'm going to say it, and it's going to be on recording forever. But one of the big guys, there's only a few big, big guys, like big guys, so you can maybe figure out who it is. But we were playing, playing a song of worship, and he was dancing around like this. And he was saying to me, Gabriel, I want to worship the Lord like David worshipped. Now think about David. He's in a big crowd. And some of those guys were playing songs because it was their job to play songs. Some of those people were worshipping because they were happy because the Ark of the Covenant was being brought into the house. David's wife was at the window looking out saying, look at my disgusting husband. They were all hearing the same song, but David was worshipping his heart out. I think it's important that you understand what I'm saying about this parable of the soils. Your ability to receive a prophetic word is your responsibility. A heart that is ready to hear the word of God, that is your responsibility. You can't blame anybody else. You can't say, yeah, but you know, they, they, they didn't smile at me right when I came into the service, so I got in a bad mood. And you know those stewards, they're so rude, they sometimes move you from upstairs to downstairs. And that really, I just can't worship God when that happens. And you know, my cell leader, you know, he's just so tough on me. You know, he, he, he just... He requires I'm at cell at least twice a month. And that's just, what, you know, I'm not in for that. So I'm just not going to worship God. Oh, Gabriel, I've been so wounded by people who have wronged me. They've said things to me that I didn't like. They've said things to me that were actually hurtful. So that's my excuse for not being in the game. Have the utmost compassion for people who've experienced negative circumstances, things that have broken them in spirit. But don't let those things keep you down. Because in Christ there is restoration, in Christ there is freedom. If you need freedom, get on an encounter weekend. One of the, some of the beautiful stories, one guy was sharing about how he had been abandoned by his father and then his mother had died. So essentially he was an orphan. And at the encounter... 20-something years later, he forgave and he cried like he'd never cried before and he felt freedom like he'd never felt before. But it all comes down to your personal responsibility to prepare yourself to receive a word from God. Well, how do I soften my heart when I've got a hard heart? Best way to soften soil is to pour water on it and pour water on it. And pour water on it. If you need to receive a word from the Lord, do it in the right context. For roots to be put down in soil, it needs to be soft, it needs to be ready. The only way that you get softened in your heart is worship. That's why I make that big point about worship. Because it's irrelevant for you to come and listen to me speaking for 40 minutes if it is not sinking into your heart, if it is not becoming a spiritual reality which is transforming your life, it's irrelevant to you. Don't waste your time. 
unless you first come and soaked in the presence of the Lord and worshipped and got him ministering to you, speaking to you, loosening up that soil in your heart and in your life. Then the soil is softened. Be ready to receive truth, whether you like it or not, whether it is satisfying to your current man or not. Because God, if he speaks truth to you, it's because he's calling out who you really are. Some of you have had prophetic words spoken of your life. Some of you have had prophetic words spoken of your life that you've received and you've stored away like a chipmunk. You know how chipmunks take seed and they put it away for the winter time? But you've put it away and forgotten about it. I laugh at dogs when they run around and forget where they've buried the bone and they just dig up holes all over the courtyard. That's what happens when you take a word and you put it on a shelf and you don't apply it to your life, is you forget about it. No use to you. Some of you have received challenges directly from the Lord himself to get into Bible school. And you're now into your sixth or seventh year of resisting the Lord. Those prophetic words, this is what you do with them. Someone speaks a prophetic word to you. You've got a heart ready to receive it. You take that word and you begin to act on that word. You begin to live according to that word. You begin to live according to the priorities of that word. What that means is this. If someone had prophesied to me, Gabriel, one day you're going to speak in front of thousands. I don't go sit in my room, talk to the wall. I start to exercise the gift that God has placed in me at that level. So maybe starting in the cell group, speaking to 10 men. And then the anointing on my life grows. And so then I'm able to address more men, 20, 30, 40, 50. Maybe then I get put in charge of a service. And I start to preach the word regularly to two, three hundred people. Maybe I preach, uh, share the offering talk at the 11 o'clock service. Why? Because I'm working on the gift. And I'm learning to communicate. And I'm learning to speak. And I'm learning to declare revelation. All the time laboring at that point. Even to the detriment of other things. Not going out with my friends on Tuesday so I can come and share and living free. Not going out on Wednesday with other people so I can come and minister to the cell. Spending Saturday, my day off in preparation for a message for you guys on Sunday. I make it my priority. I make it the burning passion of my life. What is the prophetic word that has been spoken over you that you're just expecting to come to pass? It doesn't happen like that. God begins to call it out of you so that you can begin to apply it and apply it and apply it. God says, one day you will be a great prophet, my son. So what do you start doing? You start, God, I need to hear your voice. God, I need to hear what you're saying. God, what are you saying in this situation? God, what are you saying in that situation? God, what are you saying to this person? Oh, I made a mistake. Well, let me get up again. God, what are you saying to this person? What, what are you saying to that person? And hey, you guys have been prophets. Can you share with me how you begun to hear the voice of the Lord? Can you just give me a bit of wisdom so that I can begin to apply it? And what do you think about this word? Does it make sense to you? Oh, and I made a big mistake again, you know. Well, guess what? Keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up, keep going. And so one day you are that prophet. Elijah, he's been and gone. Some of you waiting to be the next Elijah. Bless you. Start to work on that word. Start to work on that word. Start to work on that word. And it will become your reality. 
It will lift you when you're down. It will lift you when you're struggling. It will lift you when you don't know why you're facing the obstacles that you're facing. But God will put something in your heart. Remember that word. Remember how Paul said to Timothy, stir up the prophetic word that is on the inside of you. It's because he needed it when he was down. He needed it when people were criticizing him for his young age, when people were, were coming into contradiction with what he was teaching according to Paul's teaching. Prophetic words are there to bring to pass a reality that could not exist if they had not been spoken. Your life is intended to be the fulfillment of the prophetic word of God over your life. Your life is intended to be a fulfillment of the dreams, the thoughts, the plans that the Lord has had for you. And if you don't know what they are, you need to start listening to his voice. Get in the race, get in the game. God, what is your word for me? What is your word for me? I need to receive your word. Give me a soft heart so when I hear it, I receive it. Lay off the snares. What has ensnared you today? Fear of failure, unforgiveness, lack of knowledge that God can use you. What is hindering you today? Scripture says, shake off that which so easily ensnares you. Because you have a race to run. One of the key prophetic words that you should all start to respond to has come from our senior minister. It's what we believe, we live, we breathe. Is that the saints, you, are called to live for Jesus right where you are. The saints are called to represent Jesus right where you are. To walk in miracles, to walk in words of wisdom, to walk in words of knowledge, to walk in the prophetic, to walk in gifts of faith, to speak in tongues, to interpret tongues, to prophesy. You are called to be the fulfillment of that word. This is not about us living the word, the professional ministers, if you want to call us that. The prophetic word is for you guys to begin to operate as Jesus has called you to operate exactly where Jesus has placed you. Just taking that word, God, I want to grow in this. I want to grow in that. I want to become the best disciple maker because that's what you told me to do. That's the race you've got to start with if you don't know what race you're running. And as you start, God will begin to open doors. See, God can't work with you if you're not running. God can't work with you if you're not running. Run until he tells you, not here, go that way. Run until he says, not that way, go this way. But run, 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 run. Run the race that he's given you to run. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for all of the people here today. Father, we thank you that you've spoken prophetic words over them. Um, individually, Lord, in the past with prayer, Lord, that you've even spoken to them personally, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we pray, Father, that you just begin to stir up those prophetic words. And Lord, where people are longing for a word to hear from you, Father, I thank you that you just begin to drop into their hearts, their identity, their purpose, their destiny. And Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, you begin to release and awaken people to receive that word, to have a heart that is ready to receive and a heart that is ready to step out in the ways that will bring you glory.
And Father, we thank you so much, Father, that that seed is going to bear much fruit. It's going to transform our lives, and it's going to bring you much, much glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, do remember 2.30 next week. And um, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, we have Bruce Atkinson uh, for the Sermon on the Mount at 5, and then the Holy Spirit session this evening at the 7. Uh, next Saturday is the Festival of Sport. We really want to see you guys out there to have a great day with us, playing volleyball, playing football. In fact, we need to sign up some teams. So if you're interested, come and let us know. We'd love to know to look out for you on the day. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. See you soon.